the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Being about the Father's business, it's the family business, God's family business. That's next, today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Our series Arise, Move, and Go, we are looking at Noah as our illustration to do just that. Arise, move, and go. It's all about God's family business, as we're seeing in Genesis 7, verses 1 through 24. We're looking at the role and authority of the Father in Genesis 7 and verse 1, and also the regiment of service as a witness in the life of Noah. The daily task and the deeper knowledge of spiritual things, it's all here in Genesis 7, as well as Matthew 16 and in the book of Acts, chapter 14. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan for today's Way of Grace. We should go from being babies to being mature enough to be fathers and mothers in the faith, to be able to teach men and women about the real deep things of God, which are not that deep. They're just profound because they represent who God is. Believers should be able to do that. So so what I want you to be imagining as we work our way to our second and third point, I want you to imagine the tactile, the visceral, the physical, the material blessing of being a carpenter. Because that's what Noah is. Just like Jesus was. Just like Joseph was. He's a carpenter, and what is he doing? He's taking material and building something that represents God's intentionality. I haven't told you what it is yet, but you ought to already know. You ought to already know that this book in its total composite is about one person. And therefore, what you're seeing in Noah is the work of the carpenter building a massive manifestation of that which is centrally glorious to the Father, and that is the Son. You can go home now. (laughs) Because all that we should ever be doing in the sum total of our labors is pointing men and women to Christ. If, in fact, we are future-oriented. Now, if we're just wandering around aimlessly in the desert, then we're just a bunch of fools. And we're wasting not our time, but God's time. And future is still coming at you. And it's going to be a reality when it hits. We're getting ready to find that out in a few moments. Because there's two categories of people here. Some people who walked in a future-oriented way of obedience and faith. The rest said, I don't want to think about what I'll look like 100 years from now. Don't tell me that I need to analyze myself. I need to diagnose myself. I need to determine how healthy I am. 
Don't tell me that I am a potential uh, mortality case. Don't tell me I need to be changing my ways. Don't, Don't tell me that I need to be changing my diet. Because I don't look at future things because future things bother me. I just live for today. But you see, tomorrow is coming. Like today was the future. So uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand here is you can pretend all you want to that you're all right, but you cannot be all right if you don't live for the future. This is what we're getting ready to see. So what God does is he raises up believers who know how to live in the moment with a future orientation. These are not these are not contradictions in terms. I know how to live right now for tomorrow. I've been taught how to do that for 40 years. And my my prejudice and bent is to live for that day when my faith will be sight. And the only way I can secure that destiny is to make stay, make sure I stay on a course where I'm doing that, which will make sure that happens and nothing else. So you and I are all on a time expiration date orientation. We got a date with God. And so what we see with Noah in relationship to that is that what Noah has done, I loved it. Noah has provided a covering for his family. Is that true? And look at it. Him and his family goes into the ark. They go in. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight tells you and me, we profess to be a believer and we don't provide for our own household. We're worse than an unbeliever. And I'm not talking about providing education. I'm not talking about providing clothes. I'm not talking about providing a, a food in their bellies. Even the pagan will do that. That is what the context is speaking to. These kids <laughs> didn't ask you to come here. No. Did you get an email from your child before you got pregnant with her? I'd like to come on April 17th, if you don't mind, at 3.30 in the morning. No. They didn't ask to come. We brought these kids into this world. We owe them a covering for their soul. And that's the celebratory element in the opening of chapter seven. Noah and his whole family engaged in an enterprise that resulted in Noah and his whole family being brought into what we're going to learn in in a moment is the mercy of God. What a goal. Child of God, listen to me. What a goal. What a goal out of all of the hundreds of things that you and I can be involved in. Because we, we, there, there are tons of things you and I can do. And there are all kinds of options out there. And we're, we're doing at least four or five different things in our life because we like to pride ourselves in multitasking. But are we multitasking in a way that the sum total and outcome of that multitasking is a covering for our souls? In the day of calamity, are our children covered in this grand emblem that we're about to talk about more fully? Did we labor and exhaust all of our resources to make sure that our children understood the day when the calamity comes that God is going to call you in just like he's going to call me in? Am I making some sense? So point number one, sub point A, provide a covering for their soul. Sub point B, 
Not only does the role and authority of the father see to it that their kids' souls are covered, but he commits the whole family to God's what? God's reality. Look at verse 13. And there can be many more verses. I'm tempted to really want to unpack all these. In the self-same day. Do you guys see that? All right, I want to start back at verse 11 and walk through 13. Here it is. Look at verse 11. Here's what God says in verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life. Now, when did God start talking to Noah? In the 500th year of Noah's life. It's the 600th year. That means how long has it been? I know. A hundred years. Now God's talking to him again. And notice what he says. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, we'll drill down into that next week. It means something. Whenever... Remember, we are third category listeners. Are we not? Are y'all listening to me? So Moses is talking to the people of God. The people of God are covenant people. They are much more saliently uh, uh, sensible to terms that you and I wouldn't be. They would know that dates mean something. They would know the day that Moses brought them out of the land of Egypt. Hint, hint. Now watch this. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep what? Boy, if you're, if this is what we call a massive seismic earthquake around the world. This was not something that a person could sleep in on. Everybody got woke up by this alarm clock. See, so the water underneath the earth now moved in such a way that all across the world, the tectonic plates shifted, broke up, and water came up out of the ground. Can you understand the instability there? Put a pin in it because we're going we're gonna to get deep into it in point number three. Now your life is disrupted. Now your life is disrupted. Now your life is disrupted. Because God had made the earth before he allowed it to be uh, radically uh, deluged by water, where much of the land mass was one constant, uh, constant land mass. That denotes stability. That means that like us folks in California, we used to quake, uh, earthquakes and tremors, are we not? That's because we're crazy. People in the South and the Bible Belt and on the East Coast, they don't even want to fly over in this direction. They're waiting for California to fall into the ocean. I get it. They're fearful. But see, I told you about what it means to be maladjusted to evil. Haven't I told you that? And when God had made a world where it was stable and the ground was flat and and things were had what is called a continuity of being. They took it for granted and they plundered God's earth and did not teach you last week how violence was constant and they had corrupted the earth. Now the earth is speaking back. Now the earth is dealing with men and women who plunder the earth rather than till and keep it. Now the earth is starting to spit up toxins in the name of human beings. Now everybody's house is shaking. Now everybody's foundation is moving the self same day that God calls Noah and his family into safety. Listen to what it says in verse, oh, the latter part and the great, go back please. And uh, in the latter part and the great fountains of the great deep broke up and the windows of heaven were what? 
So you got water coming up massively out of the ground. Now you got a deluge or what? God said it would happen. They didn't believe God because it had never happened before. And they were empiricist and they didn't live for the future. And so they never even contemplated that God might be telling the truth through that crazy man, Noah. Now God's word is coming to pass literally and massively, is it not? Now they know the truth, don't they? But they know it too late. They know it too late. Jesus talked about that. We're going there. Verse 12, notice what it says in verse 12. Genesis 7, 12. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Do you see that? So I'm giving you the side of those folks who lived without considering the future. Those folks who mocked Noah, they mocked Enoch, they mocked all the prophets. They resisted the spirit of God. Remember, God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. In other words, God gave them up. That's what we learned last week. This is a society of the unhinged. They were unhinged in their morals, unhinged in their ethics, unhinged in their worldview. They were criminals and they were perverts and they were idolaters and they were God haters and they didn't retain God in their mind for that whole hundred years that Noah and his family was just going down to Ace Hardware. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about the material just a little bit today because they went looking for two specific things. Fundamentally, there were other aspects to it. We'll get into it when we go inside the ark. But they were looking for two specific things and God granted them to be able to acquire this material every time they went for a hundred years. See, the God that is calling you to a purpose will always resource you in order that you might fulfill that purpose. He's never going to give you a vision to bring about the completion of it without providing for you that which is necessary for the vision. Am I making some sense? So it is even a walk by faith to get up every morning and go to Ace Hardware and expect enough of this particular kind of wood and this other material to be there, right? But every time they went, it was there. And I can suspect because I understand something about endurance and I understand something about uh, an obvious ministry call. And I understand something about visibility. All that live godly in Christ Jesus will always suffer persecution. You're going to suffer on your way to the store. You're going to suffer in the store. You're going to suffer on your way out of the store. You're going to suffer back to the job site. You're going to suffer on the job site. You're going to suffer after work because people are going to be coming to try to vandalize the work. That's the nature of suffering for the kingdom. In the world, you will have trouble. That's the nature of it. Bless Noah. For a hundred years, him and his family had to endure the difficulties that come with commitment. And when I state in subpoint B to commit the family to God's reality, here's what I'm talking about. We are told that Noah and only his eight souls survived. The New Testament writing makes this very clear. Listen to it in 1 Peter 3, 21. You've heard it before, and this will give you some allusions to the larger redemptive reality of the historical account. You should already know it. We're getting ready to deal with what we would call a universal baptism. A universal baptism. Y'all got that? That's what we're getting ready to deal with. So baptism ain't sprinkling. Sorry. I should have left that alone. But now here we go. 
The like figure whereunto what? Baptism doth now also save us, not the putting away of the flesh, but the answer of a what? Good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus. I'll, I'll peg that. Go back to verse 20. Listen to what verse 20 says. This is, he's talking about Noah. He says, wherein uh, sometimes there was disobedience taking place when once the what of God? A hundred years. A hundred years, right? A hundred years is long suffering waited in the days of what? Imagine when you are walking in God's will, when you're walking by faith, you think you're waiting on God. No, God's waiting on you because you're in collaboration with him. I need to go deeper on that. I need to go deeper on that. He's waiting on you, not in the sense that he's dependent on you, but God has chosen to actually occupy you as part of his agenda. So he's patiently enduring the unfolding of that process as you obey him. Waiting means guarding you. Waiting means watching over you. Waiting means protecting you because now you are collaborating with God in the manifestation of his purpose, which was invisible, but is now what? Visible. This is called being a partaker of the afflictions and glory of Christ. That's what we're dealing with here. Noah had to put up with this obstinate world, an obstinate family, and unbelieving loved ones, and cantankerous people that didn't like to be told there's a day appointed wherein God will judge the world by that man, Jesus Christ. Or again, as you heard it, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. We could easily say that if a person believed that proposition, they could easily themselves acquire an ark in less than 10 seconds to cover their soul. Could we do that? Could we say to a man or woman, you need an ark for your soul? And I'm getting ready to talk about why it's an ark and not a boat. You need an ark for your soul. I got one. His name is Jesus if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have a covering just in case your number gets called, your, your car gets pulled, the tag comes up tonight. You can be sure that you will hear the Holy Ghost say, come in hither. And that's all because there was one greater than Noah that already built that ark. And we get to offer it to men and women every day in the preaching of the gospel. Your family first. Your Children first, your spouses first should have this offer. And then everyone around you, am I making some sense? Hey, we have an offer for you that you might be with God when you die so that we don't presume or perpetrate a lie when we're doing your funeral service, which I told you is one of the biggest hypocritical days of our life when we do funerals of people that don't enter into the ark. And you got to be called into that ark. So when we're dealing with subpoint B in our text, the commitment of the family to God's reality, this is extremely important. When we are doing what God has called us to do, child of God, your family will see you suffering and reigning. They will see you suffering and reigning because we all suffer. Because we are weak and we are vulnerable. We all suffer. Suffering for us. It's God's mercy to bring us nearer to Christ 
so that no one loses their mind or misunderstands that what you are doing, you are doing by the grace of God. You are doing through the grace of God and you're doing for the glory of God. Does that make sense? So a lot of times God will let you and me suffer so that men and women can see not only the humility of Christ in us, but the exaltation of Christ in us as well. When God recovers us, they have to admit it had to be a grace that got them out of that mess. It had to be a grace that brought them into a situation where they're restored. Am I making some sense? And therefore the child of God, we don't, we're not ashamed and we're not, uh, we're not shrinking away from the gospel because our life will have all of these twists and turns and ups and downs. That's all incorporated in God making us who we are in Christ and making sure that we don't steal his glory. And if people don't want to wait around for the real answer when they see me in my humility, that's their fault. Because God has promised that he will exalt the humble. He will raise up the bow down. He will strengthen the weak. He will recover the lame. That's what God does. And so I'm sure Noah and his family went through it. And what's remarkable to me is at the end of a hundred years, they're still there. That's what's remarkable to me, because we live in a day where everybody is scattering from God. To have a family that you you were compelled to follow God and you had to tell them this is what God is calling me to do. And your family follows you all the way through with it. That's a miracle of grace. And it doesn't happen most of the time. And this is why what we're looking at is really more or less a pattern, a type. Old Testament is typological of New Testament realities. This physical family is what God would have us to uh, endeavor to aspire to, that all of our kids would be saved, that our spouse would be saved, and that our loved ones who are in our circle would be saved. But you and I have a better understanding of the Bible than that. Most of the time, not. Therefore, Noah and his eight souls really constitute God's elect. Because the vast majority of the church world that pretends to be God's family are not saved. They're just playing church. I'm going to show you that in a minute. I'm just getting ready to show you that in a minute. I mean, you know, this is why also let me say something about the ark and not a boat. This, 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 this manifestation, this, this, this institution, this revelation, this mystery, this mystery that God has revealed in the world, taken from his mind and put into practical manifestation is large. But it's not that large. I want you to get this. I love this concept. I want you to get it. God's work is always going to bear record to the world. It's never going to be hidden under a bushel. It's never going to be behind a wall. It's never going to be on the shelf. That's why Jesus says in the day when people get crazy and they say, come over here, I'm here. I go up to the mountains. I'm there. I go out to the desert. Don't follow any of those crazy knuckleheads. Whenever I work, I'm out. I'm open. I'm in the public. If people want me, I'm accessible. I'm not hiding in somebody's closet. I'm not hiding in the room. I'm not in the back of a coffee joint. I'm not out in some weird, bizarre, cultic manifestation where people have to kind of sign on a register to get inside and go down three levels to enter into some kind of cultic seance. 
in the name of Jesus. No, he always did his work publicly. But here's what I want you to get. Stay with me now, because Americans are more inclined to this and Europeans than anybody else. And that is Americans are inclined to the idolatry of numbers, the idolatry of bigness. We automatically think more the merrier. God does not ever think that. We do because we take false comfort in numbers. And obviously we take false comfort in numbers when we're not trusting God. You and God are the majority. You can't beat those numbers. When it's you and God, that is a majority. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.